Hey everyone, I'm Jim Williams, host of the Sunshine Boys podcast for SportstalkFlorida.com. Joining me, my fellow writers from Sports Talk Florida, that would be the Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson, and our special panelist who joins us from time to time, our Tallahassee reporter, someone who covers the Seminoles, Allison Posey from ABC 27 in Tallahassee. And Allison, I got to tell you, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for Seminole fans. And uh, I know they've got a bye week this week before they get uh, set up to take on Clemson. But, man, I bet they need it. Yes, uh, the bye week couldn't have come in a more perfect time. <laughs> well, there you go. There's nothing like scheduling a good old-fashioned bye week. That's a tough team oh, yeah. to handicap, Allison. They're a tough team to handicap from week to week. Yeah, you know, they, they've had a rough stretch here as a late. You know, the you know, lost Louisville last month and uh, lost to UNC, the heartbreaking loss to UNC, and then they dealt Miami a heartbreaking loss. And, uh, you know, the play against Wake didn't look that impressive, but they scrapped it out, got a win, and – now we're here. Uh, we're in the bye week. Of course, next week, uh, the big dog comes to town in Clemson. And uh, that's that's going to be a big test for Florida State. But, you know, like I said, the bye week couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, I think everyone's a little banged up, bruised. They've got some, some kinks to work out. Um, and, you know, they they were very, very appreciative of, of this bye week after we talked to them on, on Saturday after that game against Wake Forest. Allison, uh, I've got a question about the Seminoles for you. Um, mm-hmm. We all, you know, the the pundits uh, looked at FSU at the start of the year and immediately said this is a team that can and should be in the playoffs. Um, they looked at Dalvin Cook. They looked at, you know, numerous things about that program. Uh, where did where did everybody go wrong uh, on FSU, in your opinion? You know, I think that's a question that a lot of people are still trying to figure out. Um, at the end of the day, you have to remember DeAndre Francois. No one expected DeAndre Francois to be to be starting and give it to him. He's done a tremendous job. Um, he's not receiving the protection he deserves. He's been sacked 21 times this year. Um, the offensive line is kind of a shock to this team. Um, everyone kind of thought that that was going to be the position group we weren't going to have to worry about. They returned everybody from last year, a lot of experience, um, and they've struggled. You know, Alec Everly, we talked to him on Tuesday night, and he said that they've kind of had a come-to-Jesus meeting because their quarterback can't can't be on the ground as much as he is. And DeAndre has taken an absolute beating, and if he can finish out the year somewhat healthy, I will be shocked. Um, like I said, he's been sacked 21 times, and that's just absurd. But, well, yeah. Uh, defense, mm-hmm. No, it's just to say he's been sacked that many times, and look who's still left on the schedule. No, oh, I know. So, it's not so, going to get so, any easier for him. So he might need to be in traction before this season is over at the rate it's going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's not uh, – and they, and they know it. And Alec, um, to be perfectly honest, he seems really upset about it. Um, you know, they, they know that that's their job. Is to, to protect the quarterback and make sure he's okay, and they're not they're not doing a good job of it. Um, you know, the, the defense. I don't think that 
you know, defense is always strong at Florida State. That's what FSU is known for. Um, did they expect Derwin James to go out? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, they were going to have to replace Jalen Ramsey. We knew that. Um, I think the the secondary has kind of been a, a little bit of a lit down, especially losing Derwin. You know, when Nate Andrews went out, and that's another big senior, uh, experienced guy who who went out, and that hurt them. So I think there's been a lot of things that have happened, things that they they can't control that that have hurt them. And um, you know, here we are. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's talk a little bit about. Um... You know, Mike had said before he left that uh, this is a big Friday night matchup between uh, South Florida and Temple. Uh, big game for uh, for South Florida if they want to continue, because if things work out well, Allison, all we need you to do is have, Cle- you know, FSU beat Clemson. That will make the <laughs> USF loss to FSU look a heck of a lot better. So, you know, not that, I, not that I want to put any pressure on you for next week, but, you know, if you just go to Jimbo and say, look, Jimbo, I realize that, uh, you know, I'm asking a little bit, but uh, if you could just take out Clemson, not for us, but for South Florida, that would really be helpful. Uh, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll agree to do that. Oh, he's a good man. I mean, you know. Uh, well, but Jim, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, this uh, is – arguably the biggest game of the season for South Florida to this point. And we all talked about Florida state because of their reputation. Um, But in terms of where USF really wants to be, um, they are, uh, the bulls are three and O in their division in conference temple is two and one and right behind them. Uh, UCF is sitting back at one and one. Everybody else has, uh, has already lost to USF. So, if the Bulls can win this one, um, they will have a leg up on virtually everybody in the division. Uh, Temple will be uh, two full games back, uh, in essence three, so that'll eliminate Temple. Um, UCF would be the last big obstacle at that point for the Bulls. Uh, what they have to do, because they will be, they are solidly favored to beat Temple, and it is a Friday night. ESPN game. It's on a seven o'clock game, national TV on the mothership. So um, should be, should get a decent audience for that. What the bulls have to do is just focus on the task at hand and uh, not uh, maybe sneak a peek ahead a week from now to the Navy game uh, at Raymond James stadium um, on also on a Friday night, uh, which, which, should be another uh, terrific game. I think the Bulls will take care of business this week, and then we'll talk about Navy next week. Well, you know, what I, Jim, what I like, what I what I like most of, about USF um, is their consistency uh, on the attack. Uh, and, and and Joe's been talking about this all season, and, and they haven't uh, they haven't let Henderson down. Uh, he was ahead of the curve on this. Uh, Joe, I believe it's 11 straight games with, with, with 35 points or more, 440 yards or more. Um, I don't care who you're playing, Joe. That's impressive. Um, and it's impressive because of uh, the consistency of it. It's not a one-week fluke. Uh, heck, they even moved the ball well against uh, Florida State. Uh, albeit this is not one of the Knowles' great uh, defensive squads. 
but it's still an elite team. Uh, so I think going into any game, um, any school better have their defense ready because, you know, as Joe said, they're, they're a quick strike, a deep-throwing team. Their quarterback is dangerous, uh, both throwing and running. And um, every defense they play uh, is going to have its hands full. USF's lowest point total in a game this year was against East Carolina, and that was 38 points. Um, they have been above 50 uh, twice, or uh, once, excuse me. They have um, been in the 40s consistently. They, uh, as, as Ivor said, this is a quick strike team that can beat you in multiple ways. Uh, Quentin Flowers can beat you with his arm or his legs. They can beat you uh, on the ground with Marlon Mack. They've got a great core of receivers led by Rodney Adams. So uh, pick your poison. And uh, Willie Taggart, uh, you got to love the way he runs that Gulf Coast offense because it is attack, attack, attack. And they'll be going along kind of, you know, maybe sputtering a little bit here or there. And all of a sudden you look up and, you know, they've got 35 points. So, you know, it's uh, back-to-back 300-yard rushing games. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, 12 straight games of at least 200 yards rushing. I mean, uh, fun team to watch, fun team to watch. And that brings up the point of why aren't more people out there watching them? Because <laughs> attendance, attendance is uh, not good. Anemic. And anemic is a good word. Um, the uh, you know you've got a Friday night game this week. Uh, that's not a traditional college football day, but USF uh, has drawn well on Fridays. Uh, a big a big game, but um, it shouldn't for USF. It shouldn't be about the opponent that they're playing. Right. Like next week, right. I would assume they'll get a, a good crowd for Navy, um, but it should be about the Bulls and. Because if you're a USF graduate or, you know, fan or just grew up and, and like football, this is a, get on board, folks. This is a good team. And uh, they're going to – they're probably in all likelihood going to be playing for the conference championship against Houston uh, later on this season. What's not to like? This is, this is what you wanted when you started football there, and now you got it. You know, one of the things we have to look out for, though, guys, is – Temple Temple was down 25 to 7 in the first quarter of last uh, week's game over at UCF. And the defense in the second half just shut down and Philip Walker who is the Temple quarterback drove the Temple Owls on a 70-yard scoring play in less than a minute and with a second left on the clock he hits Keith Kirkwood to you know pull the game winning touchdown and bingo all of a sudden the UCF fans who thought they had won the game were sitting there going oops we're not here anymore um so this temple team is not a bad team they're just getting used to uh what's going on so we got to got to keep a lookout for temple well, Temple, remember, a year ago was ranked uh, and, and uh, 
until USF uh, took them apart uh, in, in a game at Temple. So, um, you know, that was one of USF's signature wins of last season and kind of set the stage for what they're doing this year. And, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't sleep on Temple if you're USF. And uh, the point spread is not that great. The Bulls, I think, are about a six or seven point favorite. So they're going to they're gonna have their hands full um, uh, with, a, with a Temple team that is just kind of getting better and better as they go along. What about um, from Allison, from your standpoint, I mean, mm-hmm. the it looks like, you know, Florida's going to take this week off so that they can get ready for Georgia. Yeah. And um, and you guys are getting ready for Clemson. This is uh, one of those weeks when um, and USF plays a Friday night game. So who are we going to watch this weekend? <laughs> I I'm going to be busy with a homecoming festivities at Florida A and M. I well know, then we'll so, all come to we'll all come to Tallahassee and go to FAMU. That's good enough for you me. Got, you got to watch the Marching 100. You know it's, it's, Always uh, enjoy it's a party that. here yeah. all week. Yeah. <laughs> it's Who been, FAMU's been fun. <laughs> Allison, Allison, how much did the how much did the win at Miami restore? Uh, a little faith, a little confidence, a little swagger, maybe uh, back in Tallahassee uh, after people were uh, were flipping out uh, about the Knolls? You know, I, I think any time you can get a win, and Jimbo will tell you this, it, it, it instores confidence. Um, you know, same with Travis Rudolph going off the other day against Wake Forest. He had 13 catches for almost 240 yards. Any time you can do that, People can tell you you're good, but until you get a big win or you have a big day or you get a big touchdown, you don't really think you can do it. And um, I think that the Miami win, especially with the way that they won with DeMarcus Walker uh, blocking that extra point, um, it definitely put a little bit of swag back in them. But like I was saying earlier, they still know they have a lot of work to do because their win over Wake Forest was, you know, it was vanilla. They, they won, but right. they, they still have so much to work on. Well now, uh, well Jim, uh, I'll tell you who, who's what uh, a good game to watch this weekend. Doesn't have anything to do with Florida, but uh, Alabama and Texas A&M. Hello, three mm-hmm. thirty Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah, that's a the, big deal in the West. That, that's uh, that's kind of uh, that's, that's kind a of a big one. one. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and you know, we talk about the uh, the AAC. Here's a real under the radar game. Uh, if, if people want to pay attention to uh, to the conference there, Saturday afternoon, Memphis at Navy. Memphis is a very quiet five and one. Not a whole lot of people know about them right now. Navy, of course, getting you know getting a push by beating Houston. But uh, this um, this Memphis team is is pretty good, and that's another one that. Uh, it's down the road a little bit for USF, but they've got to go to Memphis in a few weeks. And uh, Memphis uh, can make quite a statement if they can beat Navy on Saturday. I don't think there's any questions. Also, uh, we were talking about UCF. The UCF hosts, um, I'm sorry, they're on the road at Stores, Connecticut to take on UConn this week. And um, that's a tough um, it's a tough thing for them to do to go up on the road. And uh, after that crushing loss uh, to Temple and then go up and play a, a UConn team. Uh, not that I want to get a, 
ahead of myself here, but Miami does play tonight against Virginia Tech, and that's kind of, um, you know, it's hard to say it's must win, but okay, I'm going to say it anyway. It's a must win <laughs> for Miami because otherwise you can't go 4-3 in, in the ACC and expect to do much of anything. Well, Miami's I don't, I don't got a think, lot to prove, I don't think, too, uh, after laying an A. <laughs> Jim, I don't, I don't they, think the Canes, the Canes uh, have gotten uh, over the, the loss to the, to the Knowles. And, and as Allison said, the way it happened, you know, uh, while that lifted FSU's spirits, um, boy, it, it was so, uh, you know, deflating for the Hurricanes. Jim, they were flying high at that time. They, they could have ended up, you know, being number seven in the nation. They, they win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, uh, it looks like they're still thinking about it. Uh, like you said, Jim, it, it's tough to get over something like that. It was crushing, crushing. You know, Arkansas-Auburn also shouldn't be a bad game to watch. That's a decent Auburn. game. So it's pretty good, yeah. I, and I t- there's another one. Um, you know, the Buckeyes, uh, this, this, is a, this is a trap game for Ohio State. Now, Urban Meyer's prowess on the road is is well documented and uh the way they they went into camp randall last week uh and and beat a terrific wisconsin team uh, certainly solidified their their national stature but they got buckeyes got to go to penn state saturday night now on paper that's that should be an, uh, a solid ohio state win but it's it is another road game uh, they'll have a whiteout there at Penn State with all the towels and all that stuff going, and the, and then uh, it's it's a great atmosphere in uh, Happy Valley. And now, if anybody knows how ha- how to handle that, it's Ohio State uh, with with Urban Meyer. But uh, you never know until you tee it up uh, how it's going to go. And Penn State, it, th- this makes their season if they can win that game. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and you got to think too that Ohio State's running the high off off of that Wisconsin win. I mean, a big overtime win on the road. Um, you know, you got to think of where their emotional state is, and they're they're feeling pretty good, feeling pretty confident right now. So it'll be interesting if they can carry that momentum into this week. Okay, guys, we're getting we're running a little late on time here. Why don't we do real quick um, some concepts on what's going on? In the NFL locally on Sunday, we've got the we got all three Florida teams in place. So what's uh, what's up this week? Well, Jim, the Dolphins uh, coming off uh, a big win uh, against Pittsburgh when they uh, out physical the Steelers. Never easy to do, um, and uh, a running back named uh, a JA uh, who didn't even dress. For the season opener in Seattle, he was left behind uh, in South Florida because uh, they didn't like his attitude uh, coming out of uh, training camp. Uh, he went wild against the Steelers and gave, uh, frankly, gave Miami, uh, uh, you know, an identity that they've been sorely missing on, on the ground. And uh, now they got to play Buffalo, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joe likes to talk about uh, college teams that are flying under the radar, like Memphis. Uh, the Bills, I believe, are on a four-game winning streak. Um, people were laughing at Rex Ryan. It looked like this could be his last year in western New York. He fired the offensive coordinator after they lost the shootout. That's not easy to do, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, uh, the Bills are playing very good football. They won at New England. 
few weeks ago, albeit without Brady. Um, and uh, I think they rushed for 300 yards against the 49ers. So, look, Jim, here's my point about the Dolphins. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, they have a habit of disappointing their fans at, at the wrong time. Uh, after big wins, they can't follow it up. And let's see what they can do. Buffalo might wilt in, in the heat Sunday in Miami. Possible. Pittsburgh players were throwing up on the sidelines last yeah. week. That's that's so, why you have a that's why you have a, an advantage when you're playing at home like that. Well, try to tell Buck fans that Jim, they can't <laughs> win at home. Speaking of the Bucks, <laughs> oh, go ahead, Ira. No, but I'm just saying this is another test for Miami. String some wins together. You know, you're two and four. If you want to get into the wild card chase, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna catch New England atop right. the division. But uh, if you want to give your fans something to to hope for, and and Joe knows how fickle South Florida fans are, um, you got to win this game. And um, let's see if they can do it. Let's see. The Buccaneers are on the road in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. That's uh, Allison's buddy, Jameson Winston, at the helm. Uh, Usually going out west is not a good thing, but uh, the Bucs have been playing well, so let's see how that works out. What do you think? Well, the Bucs, big, big problems, though. Uh, Doug Martin, they they thought they were going to have him back. They don't. Vincent Jackson, gone for the year and and maybe forever with the ACL. you know, it's the that that's tough to overcome because Doug Martin really is the engine of that offense. I know we we talk about Jameis Winston, but Doug Martin gives them the balance and enables Jameis Winston uh, to be able to uh, do what he does with, uh, I guess, with some distractions out there uh, when you have to honor the running game. Now, Ira. What do you think? Uh, can uh, Jacquez Rogers put together another 100-yard rushing game? I, I say no excuses, Jim. Zero. Uh, the 49ers are a bad team, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, Colin Kaepernick's an X-factor. Allison, he can beat you with, the, with his arm, with his legs. Uh, but he couldn't beat out Blaine Gabbard. So let's not go crazy on Colin Kaepernick. Uh, that's a bad football team. The Bucks are favored on the road. Jim, uh, yeah. I don't utter that sentence very often. The Bucks are favored <laughs> on the road. Uh, that sentence they, isn't uttered often, <laughs> Iris. Jim, <laughs> they need to win this game and get to 500 yep. before, before a three-game homestand. That includes a game against the Falcons, who are in first place, right. and who the Bucks have already beaten on the road. Right. So. Joe, no excuses. Uh, I know they're going in with a short deck, but so are most teams. Look at the Vikings. They're not whining. They're 5-0. and They don't have a quarterback, running back, and left tackle, um, and they're 5-0. and So, Jim, they got to win this game, plain and simple. Absolutely. And I know that you and Joe are going to hop in the car and swing by Tallahassee and pick up Allison so that you guys can go to Jacksonville to see the Raiders come to town and play the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know what it is, but the Raiders on the road. It makes no sense, but the Raiders on the road, a team from the West coming East, they've done very well on the road. If they had any kind of defense, Jim, Oakland, yeah, uh, they'd be in the thick of things because they got a very dynamic attack. 
with Derek Carr. Joe loves Amari Cooper with good reason. Crabtree, you know, is reinventing himself as, as a big-time NFL receiver. Um, they can score, but uh, they're, they're 32nd in, in a 32-team league in defense. I don't understand why, because Khalil Mack's a monster. Uh, but I guess they haven't surrounded him with, uh, with enough good players around him. Uh, the Jags were down 13-0 on the road, Jim, albeit it was against Chicago, mm-hmm. but it's still on the road. Yep. And uh, they went to a hurry-up offense, and, and Bortles played well down the stretch. We'll see. Uh, they might have saved Gus Bradley's job for the time being, Jim, but they've got a lot to prove in Jacksonville. Ironically, I, I never thought – the problem would be offense uh, for the Jags, uh, but it is. And the defense, I think, is now up to number eight. Joe, if you told me two months ago that the Jags' defense was going to be number eight uh, after six weeks, uh, I would have thought they'd be uh, five and one at this point. Yeah, Blake Bortles really has not had the kind of breakout season that everybody just sort of assumed he would have this year. And um, I'm not sure what the deal is there. Um, you know, the running back situation hasn't worked out like they thought it would. Uh, been some injuries there. But the, the the Jags are getting by on defense right now. Now, that was, say what you will, uh, a road win where you come from, uh, from behind. Uh, maybe Chicago's not the monsters of the midway anymore, but you never, uh, you never look down your nose at a road win in the NFL. But uh, two in a row for the Jags. Good opportunity to make it three, frankly, because uh, the Raiders uh, laid a pretty big egg last week against your Chiefs, Ira, and yeah, uh, not really sure if that says uh, more about the Chiefs than it does the Raiders, but it, it certainly did uh, expose a few chinks in the armor. And, of course, Jim's, uh, Jim's Ravens are in free fall. Uh, <laughs> Williams doesn't want to talk about the Ravens. He You'd rather talk I'm about not the even Redskins. a fan of the Ravens, but okay, you want to <laughs> you want to attach them to me? Fine. I'll, I'll well, uh, at at the same time, Jim, the Redskins um, are impressive at, at yeah. four and two. Yep. Um, they're they're in every game, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the defending uh, uh, division champs, who not a lot of people picked uh, to defend that title. And look, you know, Dallas looks good, Jim. Dallas does yep. look good, but. Washington's keeping them honest in, in the uh, NFC East. Yep, it's going to be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, we've had a fun for a while now, but unfortunately that fun's going to have to slow down and stop. Uh, we got to finish the show. And so let's uh, – ladies first in this particular situation. Allison Posey, final thoughts on what's going on this weekend and give us your social media. Final thoughts. Uh, from Tallahassee's perspective, glad we glad four states got a bye week. Um, looking, uh, uh, same with Florida. Glad Florida's got a bye week. Um, from the NFL, obviously, Tampa Bay coming off that big win over, over Carolina. Two cheers for Roberto Aguayo, who had a nice, warm welcome for homecoming week, I might add. No, no booze from, from the Florida State faithful. So uh, we'll see what Tampa Bay can do. Always pay attention to them just because of all the, the Florida State Seminoles, as well as, well as Jacksonville. Um, so we'll see what those two teams can do. But, uh, yeah, social media, Twitter, Allison Posey, 14, A-L-I-S-O-N-P-O-S-E-Y, 1-4. All right, Joe Henderson. 
Okay, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the initial J Henderson Tampa, and um, I'll be uh, I'll be checking out the Buccaneers this weekend to see uh, if they can uh, take a second straight road win. Um, like Ira noted, this is one that they on paper they should win, but games aren't played on paper, especially when the Bucks are around. So um, Bucks have had pretty good success this year on the road. Both their uh, their wins have been division wins on the road this is not a division win but it is one that uh, you look at and say the bucks should come come headed uh, home three and three and uh, that would be pretty good at this point and ira kaufman social media and a final thought jim you can find me on uh, twitter uh, at i kaufman 76 and this weekend i will be watching the vikings uh coming off a of bye week uh they're the talk of the NFL, with good reason, uh, after the flurry of injuries, including the quarterbacks. Um, and, Jim, they prove one maxim still holds. They, they've given the ball away one time in five games. One giveaway. They're plus 11 in the turnover ratio. So my point is, Jim, let's not overanalyze the National Football League. If you win the turnover battle, and you play good defense, you can go a long way. That formula used to work very well right here in Tampa when the Bucks had a stud defense with two Hall of Famers. Jim, it's never going to go away. That turnover margin is the most critical stat in the NFL, and it always will be. That brings to a close yet another edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast right here on SportsTalkFlorida.com. Thanks very much, as always, to ABC27's Allison Posey and to the Sunshine Boys themselves, who are, can be read right here on SportsTalkFlorida.com. That would be, of course, Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll check with you next week. <laughs>